We are bombarded with all kinds of messaging in media every day. Who's the hottest artist? What's the latest trend in social media? What massive tweet will change the civic or religious landscape? What's the next in thing? Messaging's not so bad if we keep it in perspective. And that's what we're going to do right now, today. Keep life in perspective as we listen intently for God's message so all the others will make sense. Welcome to Message Daily with your host, author, speaker, L. David Harris. Peace and blessings, listening friends. We know that you could have chosen to spend your time doing any one of a number of things, but I'm excited that you have chosen instead to invest some of it with us. This is L. David Harris. I am your host, and this is Message Daily, where we give you God's Word every single day, and today is no exception. We are continuing in our devotional series titled, In the Crucible with Christ. Our caption for today is, The Disciplined Will. Let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll get underway. Father in heaven, thank you for today. Please give us a disciplined will. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen again. One of the greatest enemies of our will or our decision-making process is our own feelings. Sometimes we rely upon the sensual, that which we can see, we can taste, we can touch, we experience some, somehow deep inside. If it feels good, then it is good. If it doesn't feel good, then it's not. If it feels good, then do it. If it doesn't feel good, then forget about it. Well, let me just say here that God is so good that he can overrule and overcome our feelings. Sometimes our feelings are unreliable. So many examples of this, and we will see if we can find a few here in the Bible of people who have made decisions based on something other than faith, something other than relying upon God to determine what happens next. Let's go with a faithlessness and distrust of God example. Going to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 6 with the first people, hmm, created, by the way, directly from the hand of God, perfect. They had no parents that had somehow been degenerated, and they themselves now had a propensity to sin. No, these uh, people, Adam and Eve, were perfect from their creator's hand, but yet in this example, faithlessness and distrust of God is evident. And when the woman saw, what did she do? She saw. Okay, that's okay. She could see uh, the tree. That's okay. That it was good for food. Pause. God said, don't eat of it. And if you eat it, you shall surely die. So her perception, her seeing was skewed. Her sense, her feeling of what's going on is skewed because it was not good for food. It was good for all kinds of things. But when God says, don't eat it, it is not good for food. Well, she said, and it was pleasant to the eyes. Well, that's okay. And the tree to be desired. Wait a minute. To make one wise. Wait a minute. God said, if you eat it, it's a sin. And she's saying it'll make you wise based on a deception. Yeah. She took the fruit thereof, did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Both of them demonstrated faithlessness and distrust of God. One, Eve, was deceived. Adam jumped into sin. Both 
sinned and now because of Adam's sin we all have a predisposition to sin and we have to struggle every day against it okay here is another example this one is a sexual lust and covetousness example this is coming from second uh, Samuel chapter 11 verses 2 through 4 so we've already seen where perfect human beings somehow let their guard down and allowed themselves to be pushed not pushed to be drawn into sin based on a perception that was completely off now let's see sexual lust and covetousness verse 2 and it came to pass in an evening tide that David that's King David arose from off his bed and he walked upon the roof of the king's house. Okay, not so bad. And from the roof he saw, okay, there's that word again, he saw, no problem, a woman washing herself. No problem yet, he just saw her. He could have looked away now. He could have said, this is not for me to see. He could have surrendered his will to God in that moment and then gone and done something else. Go on back in the house now, King David, and get back to bed. Uh, and the woman was very beautiful to look upon. Now he is seeing her as a beautiful woman as she's naked and bathing. And now he has entered into that realm of sin. Verse three, and David sent and inquired after the woman. He made it worse. And one said, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Iliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite? So now he's lusting. Now he is coveting. Now he is inquiring. Now he is going and pursuing after the sin even more. It's, the sin is in his own mind. The sin is in his own uh, sphere. But now he is moving into this next sphere. And when God was kind enough to give him a warning through this man to say, hey, this woman is taken like she's somebody's wife. Uh, verse four, and David sent messengers involving more people in his sin pursuit and took her. Wait a minute. And she came in unto him. Now he's including her involving her. And he lay with her for she was purified from her uncleanness and she returned unto her house. She was ovulating. I wish I had the time to explain it. I don't have the time to do the math for you, but she was ovulating and then she had a baby and he, he is the one who drew her and these others into sin sexual lust and covetousness he allowed feelings to overrule faith here is an example of two facedness galatians chapter 2 verses 11 and 12 as we are coming down to a close and the bible reads but when peter was come to antioch i withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. Why was he to be blamed? Verse 12, for before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. So he was eating with the Gentiles. And of course, there was this sort of bigotry between uh, the Jews and the Gentiles for different reasons. And so, so he's there, he's there. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself. So when, so when, when his brothers came by, he acted like he's trying to act like he's not with the Gentiles anymore, fearing them, which were of the circumcision. So he was two faced because he was allowing the fear, the feeling of fear to overrule his faith.
And so the Bible teaches us that we are to gird up the loins of our minds, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, who is holy, he who hath called you, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation or conduct, because as it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. This is coming from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 16. So the discipline of the will is essential. It is an opportunity for us to do God's will if we will just surrender all of our choices to God and not rely on our feelings. Faith above feelings, and we will be okay. Peace. Thanks for joining us, listening friends. Always remember, what God says matters most. His message shared through our lives has the power to change the world today and provide hope for the future. This has been Message Daily with L. David Harris. Until next time, make it a great day.